Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Well, I hope everybody had a fabulous Father's Day weekend. Whether you're a mom that's a father like me because you don't have a dad or you're a dad that is taking care of your kids and doing right by them, happy Father's Day. I do believe it's an earned accolade and not something you should just get for having a child as a man. (laughs) Just saying. Anyway, we're back this week with part two of Alexis Wilby who is Kyle Chrisley's ex-wife and was around during, oh geez, almost seven years leading up and during the beginning of Chrisley Knows Best. She has been involved with so much of the drama surrounding the Chrisley family and she comes back today to tell some stories that have never been told before, especially regarding her protecting Kyle Chrisley and Todd Chrisley to a degree, which may shock you. So it turns out that Kyle Chrisley was facing criminal charges due to terrorism related to messages that were sent to Lexi Wilby. And in fact, Lexi Wilby found out that the Justice Department had downloaded all of her cloud of text messages and emails and everything. And it had everything that had ever been said to her from Todd Chrisley and Kyle Chrisley. And if she had moved forward with the criminal charges as the DA had wanted her to, all of these particular things in the state of Georgia, this was a state of Georgia matter, would have been, you know, made public and it could have opened up other criminal charges against both Kyle Chrisley and Todd Chrisley. And given that Todd's serving time right now and Kyle has just been rearrested, it would have been pretty bad. And Lexi decided to not support the case moving forward with the prosecutor's office out of Georgia. Uh, And so she's going to tell you this story today. But suffice it to say, even though Kyle and Todd Chrisley have tried to hurt Lexi and her daughter, in a sense, indirectly, definitely have made threats about her daughter to her, uh, she in this case, protected them in a way. And I think that was important message to get out before I start the show. So let's now jump back to part two of the interview with Lexi Wilby. Come on, bitch, 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 let's go. (laughs) But then, of course, the federal charges came. Right. And the federal charges were on something else. It wasn't being cutesy with the taxes. It was about taking money from mortgage companies and falsifying documentation in order to get loans. And then basically, like you mentioned, Lexi, robbing Peter to pay Paul, which is essentially a Ponzi scheme. So, you you know, or Tom Girardi, another famous person recently who was doing a similar tactic where he would take money that should have been uh, allocated to certain expenses and he would allocate that money to those expenses, but they were really for something else. And it gave the illusion that he was actually paying his bills and doing things on time and 
you know, making money for people and paying them their money, but that wasn't what was happening. It was an illusion designed to keep being able to get money somehow. And so the same applied for Todd Chrisley uh, and Julie Chrisley. And oddly, Julie Chrisley was actually more culpable than Todd. Did that surprise you? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. So one thing about Todd is that he loves other people to do his dirty work for him. And that's why you saw the story with Mark, the partner who came out with all the new stuff, like, you know, what he did with Kyle, what he did with me, what he did with Lindsay, what he does with everyone is butters you up, treats you well. And then could you do this favor? And the favor is like totally illegal or sketchy or weird or harassment. And then he's going to turn around and say, well, I, I didn't know she was doing that. And it's like, wait a minute, you're the one that told me to do it. So I believe that that's that's just how he operates. And he tries to think that it keeps his hands clean. And that's why even when you read all the accounts, I guess what what really was the downfall for Todd is that he'd just been getting away with it for so long that what they found is a fraction of what he's really done. And that's just how he lived his life. So I think what just happened is he was just comfortable in the fraud. He was just comfortable in in the easy way out, the tactic way, because it was working. And um they never gotten caught up until this point. So I mean honestly that's a that's a reason for a round of applause. I mean, think about it. He's fifty something years old. And you know, they've been living in wealth like Kyle told me since he was like 10, 11 years old. So that's a lot of years of him just learning how to make money, but not the way you and I are making money, like, you know, backhanded ways to make money. So yeah, I just think he didn't ever think he was going to get caught up. So what was your impression of Julie Chrisley? Because I, you know, I've covered the Chrisley's indictment on my YouTube channel and I, was shocked to find out that it was her doing, like I said, a lot of the, the like hands on the ground type stuff, like changing the documentation or, I mean, is she a businesswoman or is she, you know, was she actively, you think, intelligently doing the wrongdoing? Or do you think that she just wanted to ingratiate herself to him and he was telling her what to do because I mean, she comes off as like a mastermind if you read the indictment. So I'm kind of like, is she a Southern Christian bumpkin that knows nothing that like, he's just saying, do this, Julie, do that, Julie. Or is she like secretly like Dr. Evil, you know, (laughs) kind of, I can take this to the next level, Todd, leave it with me. You know, like, I know we need to get this loan. I'll handle it. Like, is she that guy? Like, who is she? Dr. Evil. I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Don't mess with me. I'm one crazy mofo. This time it's personal. Kill him. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, Julie... (laughs) Julie, my impression of Julie is she's a very, um, she is a a, a Southern belle in terms of she's not going to argue. I, I Well, I, I take that back because 
you know, stories like with Lindsay and other people have a different impression of her. What she gives, what I've seen, what she gives the public, what she gives to me was always very quiet. Um, someone that was watching the room, very observant, and someone that was very, uh, very dedicated in trying to show her loyalty to her husband. So I think all of that mixed together just breeded this disaster, right? Because she knew it was wrong. She knew what he was saying. She knew he was just make like Todd has these grandiose thoughts and ideas and stories that you know just didn't happen, right? Like you, you just know that's completely exaggerated. But Julie would be the wife that would just make him feel like he was right. And I think that's why he got away with it. And that's the big contrast with like me talking to Kyle's mother, um, who's just an amazing soul where the, the big contrast is she didn't put up with it. You know, like anytime he was, like she always said, like anytime he was going off that we couldn't afford it, we couldn't do it. She was just like, no. And that's where the arguments came. Whereas Julie would allow Todd to be Todd, who he is, right? And the scary thing with that is if it's putting companies, family members, it was actually putting people in danger and harm in, you know, a lot, like it was a whole mess, but she just didn't stop them. She, she allowed him and she was like what they would call an enabler. So that's how I would, ex ex you know, define her an enabler. And I remember driving with her even to the rehab and she's a very nice lady, but you know, she was very clear that she loves the lifestyle. You know, I love this and you know, she was explaining to me her lifestyle and all the great things they had. I mean, bragging was just totally normal in her and her and Todd are get similar on that page. And so for me, if you love the lifestyle so much, you're going to go, you know, through all the measures needed to keep it up because they were not willing to go back to the bumpkin life like you would call it <laughs> they were not going back there it was clear he all they talked about was how they made it from nothing and so they they you know they were both had the same vision they wanted wealth they wanted money they wanted riches and they didn't care who they had to cut cut down to get it oh no the problem was they didn't see you know the feds getting involved in the plan yeah uh, totally <laughs> I mean, it, would, it, it, it took a while. The feds obviously spent a lot of time on this case. I think they were probably alerted. Uh, you know, I don't think that the kids whistle blew him. Uh, it, as you mentioned earlier, I think probably the Georgia, the state of Georgia might have, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Or his bankruptcy case did, because I know that I followed that case closely. It was during the time that we were doing the guardianship overthrow that bankruptcy trustee. And I was watching the case closely, and it was also some very big gaps in the story of taxes when the bankruptcy came up. So, yeah, I think that's. Oh, that's probably more accurate. That's how Teresa Judice and Joe Judice from Real Housewives of New Jersey were indicted. The trustee reported it. Mm -hmm. Some discrepancies that they felt were existing mm -hmm. and things they didn't didn't add up to them. And they were doing also uh, a very similar thing to Todd. Did you know that? They were taking money from loans, from bank loans, and they were falsifying bank loan records to get the money. And then they went bankrupt. Seems like a pretty common reality business. These I mean, right? I'm like, oh my God. I didn't even put that together till now. 
that that Todd Chrisley and Julie Chrisley's crime is almost identical to Teresa Judice and Joe Judice's crime. And uh, except Todd's was on a larger scale, obviously, which you can see from the time, you know, and uh, and Teresa and Joe settled. They plead out, which Todd and Julie probably would have gotten a lot less time, probably half if they had settled, you know, with the government. Unfortunately, we're in, you know, a, a justice system that if you gamble on innocent, it's not going to end well for you. It's a shame. It's not supposed to work this way. It's actually, I'm a huge Justice Department reform person. I really believe there needs to be reform. Everyone's being forced to play out these days because the Justice yeah. Department has unlimited money and you have a limited amount. And, you you know, law is all about yeah. how much you can spend and, yeah. you know, ultimately you plea out, you're going to get so much less time. Who wants to roll the dice on a bunch of jurors, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's know. true. So, yeah, no, that's true. There does need to be justice reform. I agree. But, I, I, I will say this, though. I bet you Todd Chrisley thought he'd never get indicted because he thought the jurors would love him so much they wouldn't do it. Yes, that's exactly what they thought. That's the problem as well, too. It's like, you know, the sad part is like I see that for people that truly didn't do anything. And there are people that really, or they may have done something small, but it just, the time didn't fit the crime. But with this, it's like you said, like, I mean, we're not talking about in a small scale when you've got houses. And then it's like us taxpayers are paying all that because he's done lived off the hog and never paid back. The Some of the, you know, one of the banks went down. <laughs> one of the banks went down that he loaned from and I'm wondering could it be this 30 million dollar loan <laughs> you know like it, yeah. it's so it's so crazy how one man can affect so many different you know it was like loan companies and so it was just and they had multiple homes this is these are people that didn't need it like I said he had a Fannie Mae contract there was just you know when you when you just know the lifestyle and you were with them and, and we were going from this I, I visited his other homes and it's it's a beautiful life, but it's not okay. It's just not okay if how you obtained it is, I read Julie's credit score was like a 300. I didn't even know it could go below a 500. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they, they tampered with it. I didn't even know you could come to the bank with your own copy of your credit score. Why didn't they just run it? I, I, I mean, I'd say relationship-based using the celebrity... Yeah. Shining star, some sort of excuse, you know, that that, you know, the the unknown surrounding celebrity. I don't know. And yeah. and if it was and, and uh, before the show, I'd say it was just the fact that he was in the real estate business and was licensed. He's a broker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he had a, the largest like his, his building. He was renting it, but still, it was like uh, he had the whole floor. It was at least like fifteen thousand a month rent on that where he was in Buckhead. It was a wonderful, huge building. Not had been shut down right before I got in the family, but Kyle showed me where it was, and it had just they just went out of business and closed the doors. So it was just shocking because I'm just like, you know, he had a, an amazing life. I don't, the relationship, like you said, a lot of people were just wowed by him because he came in with all this designer on and he had this large real estate firm. He had so many employees under him, homes and all this. He was just known in that area. And like you said, he went to banks where they would know him and 
a lot of the people knew him that worked there. So they didn't double check to see that a lot of these documents were falsified because anybody else that came in, if I came into the bank, they would have checked my credit card. It's because he was a, a real estate broker and maybe he was like Tom Girardi. He had other divisions of his company where he put together people's loan documentation. Like, I don't know. Do you know if he did loans through his real estate brokerage firm or did he have uh, friendships with mortgage people or, you know, uh, loan people because of his relationship with real estate? Right. I am not sure about that. I don't know. I, I know that he had, um, I think Mark was doing something in that degree. Like he was the one finding the, I don't know how they did it, but I want to say Fannie Mae, you said is a loan company, right? So yeah, they were. That's why I'm saying it. I think there's got to have been a division. That's how Tom Girardi did it. He right. created like his own little division to prep loan documentation for people. <laughs> and then he yeah. would and then he would like file it with these loan companies under the guise that there were like, leg, you know, like a legitimate interim step. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's about the gist. Yeah. Because for, for him to get those kind of loans, definitely he had a name, which we know he has a name, but he really had a name to get. We're talking millions of dollars funded. And they said like he literally like made like one payment and then never paid back or something. Well, and then he was going to wipe the slate clean with the bankruptcy. Right. Because right. these types of mortgage loans and also regular, you know, personal loans get wiped out in a bankruptcy scenario. So the idea is keep the the Ponzi scheme going for a little bit and then, you know, show everybody that you're having financial problems through trigger events and then file for bankruptcy, wipe the slate clean. But in reality, yeah. you're, you know, it's, it's all but smoke and mirrors. Where's all the money? You know, that's probably the question that will linger. Yeah, because you guys mentioned, or let me read you this because then you can see it, it again. There was so much kind of, vague reporting surrounding you and Kyle that I, that's why I'm so glad you came on because like, let me read you this court documents filed in February, 2017 reveal that one of Todd's estranged children, Kyle, this is from daily mail, I think had reached out to the Georgia department of revenue, AKA door and wanted to assist the door with its collection efforts against the Chrisleys. The documents state that the door had a Skype call with Kyle Chrisley and his then wife, Alexis Chrisley. During the call, Kyle told authorities that Todd had offshore accounts that he used to hide money in so that he could avoid paying taxes on it. One month later, in March 2017, Alexis told the door that Chrisley had a warehouse in Georgia filled with seven houses worth of furniture that they were planning to auction off to get an IRS lien removed from one of the properties. At the end of 2017, a Georgia judge authorized two search warrants and a warehouse owned by Todd. They seized 21 boxes of paperwork from the door, which included forged paperwork. In 2018, Todd brought a case against Josh Waits, a chief law enforcement officer for the door. In Todd's suit, which was dismissed, he claimed that Josh aggressively pursued and prosecuted bogus, <laughs> God, the balls on this guy, tax evasion claims against them. That same year, 
Kyle said in a Facebook post that it was his sister, Lindsay Chrisley, 33, whose mother, Teresa Terry, was married to Chrisley from 1990 until 1997, was to blame for his parents' conviction by turning them in. Todd tried pressuring Alexis to testify for him on his behalf in his case against Dorr, but Alexis refused. Is this when he sent you the, the voicemails and the threatening text messages that were uh, racist and all that? For the full scoop, head to our Patreon page. Click the coin icon on your player to check it out.